All right, welcome to the King of the North podcast, week five preview. Uh, I'm your host, Tom Porter. Got a, another full group here today, all four of us on the pod. We're here early again because we have another Thursday night game. I think that's four out of the five weeks we have a Thursday night game, so we're going to be dropping a little early. So we'll start off with some Bears talk against the Washington Commanders. Uh, but other than that, how are you guys today? Doing good. It finally feels like fall here in Minnesota. It's been so warm, and now we got true fall weather today. It's football weather. It's good to hear. Riley, yeah, you? It's not 80 anymore. I'm doing good. I just walked. I just walked in the door from from work, so I'm still in my my work attire. But uh, we're gonna do double duty for it, and then uh, hop into some comfortable clothes and watch this watch this Bears game. Riley, you know the Bears are tomorrow, right? Yeah, right. It's Wednesday. Oh, ah, oh. oh. <laughs> that's a guy who's having a long week. Um, <laughs> I was thinking maybe he was like doing it so the listeners would also because like if people listen well, you know tomorrow, what also, it, it, you know what, hey, it works for that, but, it works for that too. That, I like that. But that's a good point. Looking it's ahead, been, all right, it's been good save. John saved you. Um, I guess. Uh, well, I guess on that note, like I said, Thursday night matchup, 0-4 Bears against the Washington Commanders, uh, two and two. Both teams coming off a close, hard-fought uh, battle, uh, just both resulting in some L's. Um, but John, I guess, uh, you want to kick us off. What do you think about this, this game? Yeah. Um, I really don't like the bears chances in this game. I don't think that the bears are a team that's built to really have a short turnaround, um, to start. I think if you saw the way our offensive line moved or didn't move, um, last Sunday, like, I just don't see this unit being able to get things back um, ready for another game. I think injuries are actually going to kill us. Um, Sam Howell, this could be a Sam Howell get right game for sure. Um, we're missing a bunch of key players in the secondary. Eddie Jackson is going to be out. Jalen Johnson is going to be out. Obviously, Kyler Gordon is out. And then we're missing Blackwell, who's like our backup cornerback. So he's out as well. Um, so our secondary is looking pretty bad. I would predict that this type of game would be pretty defensive. Um, and I would take the commanders, obviously, like seven days a week over the Bears in terms of defense. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to put pressure on Sam Howell. But I think he'll do pretty well with that going against some backup corners. I'm really unsure at how we're going to deal with those injuries in the secondary. Yeah, I don't think a lot of points will be scored. I don't think the Bears' offense will be able to handle the pressure from the commander's defense. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I got. I don't think there's – it's not going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a good game. I think it's interesting because Washington is kind of a weird and bad team, but they're the type of weird and bad team that's actually designed really well to annihilate where the Bears are at. I mean, they they did the same thing. The Bears are very comparable to the Broncos, and we saw that on Sunday. Um, in Washington, I mean, Sam Howell looked like Joe Montana, John Elway against that Denver defense, and I think he's going to do the same thing on Thursday night. Um, I know I'm not the only person this week who picked up Sam Howell to start for their fantasy team, and I did it particularly because he was playing against the Bears. There are better fantasy quarterbacks available, but matchup-wise, it was just too juicy. Um, I, I think they're well-equipped to whip this Bears team up. I think it's it the matchup does not flatter the Bears at all. So I'm, I'm with you here, John. This is uh 
I don't know. There's only so much to learn, but it's time for you guys to put the best quarterback from from last year's draft class on a pedestal and show that he's truly better than Kenny Pickett. Yeah, no, I honestly I don't have much uh, that that hasn't been already said. Uh, I also picked up Sam Howell for this week for fantasy. So really hoping for a really good, uh, good showing from him, especially because the Shubies need it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think really if 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 you're the if you're a Bears fan, what you're really looking for is just kind of uh, to build on what Justin Field was able to do last week, right? At least try to have some semblance of the success that he had last week in terms of throwing down the field, right? That's kind of what you want to see. Uh, again, we don't really know what the long term like outlook is for like Justin Fields for the franchise like is he still going to be the quarterback after this year like we don't really know that but even in, in this particular moment you you want to see him kind of continue some of that uh there's also been some rumblings how if if the Bears do lose this game that Iberflus is going to be out I don't know how much uh stake to put into those kind of claims but like that might be an interesting thing to to kind of keep keep in the back of our minds as we watch this unfold especially if they like lose particularly bad um that's 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 something i'm I'm gonna be looking for and then if if luke getsy is running this offense then we're gonna we're, it's gonna be full-blown full-blown bears mode and it's gonna be uh quite the quite the scene but but yeah that's that's what i'm really looking forward to i will speak if it's okay on Eberflus and um his deal i do think that he's going to be fired before the end of the season um I think particularly what bothers me right now is what he's doing with Claypool. And I am a guy who didn't really like, doesn't really believe in Claypool. And, you know, I don't know if he even has a spot on this offense, but like the fact that um, all the players are coming out in kind of Claypool's defense and the fact that he's being told not to even show up at practice and like not able to kind of work his way back onto this team at this point and now he's listed on the injury report as other but um he would obviously be there if he could i think it's creating so many questions i think um the way he's handling it if you want to suspend a guy for like conduct detrimental to the team then go ahead and do that like that is always an option if you don't want him to be there if something bad happened but it seems like Iberflus just didn't really like his attitude because the other players are kind of coming to claypool's defense a little bit and saying that it sucks that he's not there um, so I think he's going to start to lose the locker room pretty quick because it doesn't seem like, and that he obviously in every press conference, he like won't answer questions about it or it's just kind of keeping things close to his chest. I think at some point you just start to lose the locker room when you're doing things like that. Um, it doesn't seem like Claypool did anything crazy to anybody or otherwise I don't think the players would be kind of speaking up for him. Um, but yeah, I do think, um, at some point the players start to lose interest and everyone can see it. And I think right now I'd really love to fire our defensive coordinator, but he resigned and Eberflus is calling the plays. So might as well just fire Eberflus. Yeah. Um, and I can wrap it up, I guess. Um, when I was first looking at this game, it was, I think the line was originally seven, um, the commanders were seven point favorites and I was like slightly tempted to take the bears at plus seven but it looks like the line moved down to five and a half which i definitely think is more i guess in the range i know it's only a point and a half but something about that looks a little bit more right to me 
but then when I was looking at it further, it's just like the two biggest matchups in the game are the two biggest mismatches in terms of this receiving core for Washington with Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson versus this banged up Bears secondary. Um, and Fat Baker's kind of slinging it around, so um, he's doing all right. And then, um, oh, the Bears, the, the Bears defensive line versus Washington, not going to be able to get uh, any pressure on onto Sam Howell. Uh, and then on the flip side, obviously Chase Young and Sweat and Payne and all that stuff. Um, I think they're just going to eat up the Bears today. Um, the other thing, or sorry, tomorrow, pull the Riley there. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the other thing too is when you know you got a team like the Bears that are kind of as, as poor as they are. Um, those teams don't typically stack good good outings back to back. I know that there were some problems, obviously against Denver. They wind up losing the game, but that was about as efficient as Justin Fields could look. I highly doubt that he's going to be able to stack two of those in a row, um, plus get the stops needed to win the game. So, um, and you know, I don't want to discredit either the the new reinvigorated fan base for Washington obviously since the Dan Snyder like sell of the team I, I you know they're two and two but I think the fan base is pretty juiced up with what they've seen obviously went toe-to-toe with the Eagles on the road so they gotta be feeling pretty good so I actually think it's gonna be a pretty pretty raucous environment um in Maryland tomorrow so um yeah I don't I don't love don't love the chances um I guess the only thing I could say for the Bears would be if they could somehow control the tempo um, and get Khalil Herbert to have another positive day on the ground uh, and just limit possessions for Washington's offense. Maybe they can grind this out into a one possession game, but I just think at some point it's going to just going to break. But those are my thoughts. (laughs) Um, As far as the the next game, do we want to go into Minnesota Chiefs or do you want to go into Lions-Panthers? We obviously got Packers on the Monday night game. So where do you want to take it? So Vikings-Chiefs, a game that before the season, I would have said 100% chance the Vikings are losing this game. They're not in it at all. Chiefs are just too good. I don't have that much faith in the Vikings. And I still think the Chiefs are correctly favored, but I think the and I, th- I thought the initial line at like five and a half made a lot of sense. And now it's gotten down to four and there, those aren't like particularly important points right there, but um, it is a little interesting that the market has moved the Vikings way. And, you know, I think that part of this is the Vikings appear to be trending towards having most of the guys they need available. Sounds like Garrett Bradbury is going to make it back. No promises, but he was likely to play last week. Didn't quite make it back. Marcus Davenport played and played a lot and played well. Um, Looks like they'll have those guys in the mix. Uh, Josh Metellus is the other person who's banged up, plays a lot um, as sort of a slot corner safety type guy. So fully healthy Vikings and the Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't look as good on Monday night on the road in New York. And that's part of it, too, is they were on the road in New York on Monday night. Now they're coming into into U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. There's going to be a huge crowd there. I mean, it's definitely going to be a sellout. You're looking at $300 to get in the building at this point in time. It's always a good environment. I think it's particularly good when the opponent is someone that people are coming to town for and and the opponent is someone that people in town have had marked on the calendar for a while. You're playing the best player in the world. Um, You have the NFL PA or the NFL players, number one and number two ranked players in the league going head to head and Mahomes and and Justin Jefferson. And I think it's a fun matchup. 
Um, you know, just because I think it's it's great anytime you get to play against one of the all-time greats. Kind of wish I was able to get in there. May, may check for ticket prices at like 1130 and see if anyone's trying to bail out of their tickets. But um, as far as the actual on-field matchup goes, I think Mahomes is going to have a lot of time because the Chiefs are prepared to deal with some of the ways the Vikings create pressure. And it's very hard to blitz Mahomes. And this Vikings defense has one move and it's to blitz. Um, so I think I think the Vikings path to winning is in a shootout. And the Chiefs defense has actually been pretty decent this season. It's certainly better with Chris Jones. Chris Jones is the exact type of player the Vikings struggle to deal with. So I think on paper, it's actually a pretty bad matchup. But there are a lot of positive trends for the Vikings. They've been able to run the ball the last two games after not being able to run the first two weeks. And when you look at the context of that, you go, oh, that's right. We do this every year. We get about four weeks in and we go, I think the schedule has more to do with the results than how the team is. First two weeks, you play the Buccaneers and the Eagles, spectacular run defenses. The next two weeks, you play in the Chargers and uh, the, the Chargers and the Panthers, who have no run defense. So run game is good when there's a terrible run defense. Run defense is bad when there's a good run defense. So, you know, I think um, the, the Chiefs defense will make life difficult for the Vikings, and that means Justin Jefferson has to do some special stuff. But we saw this team do something like that last year in Buffalo. But I do think you need a special somewhat magical performance to get on top in this game and stay on top in this game and hopefully make life difficult for Patrick Mahomes. Again, not terribly optimistic, but I do think that this has a pretty good chance to be a one score game. So, uh, you know, I think ultimately the chiefs probably go ahead and get this one, but um, I think it probably winds up being one of those backdoor one score games where Kirk has the ball with four minutes to go and there's a chance to drive and tie it or like drive and take the lead and it doesn't really happen, then it winds up with the Chiefs just squatting on the ball up five, six, seven, eight points. Um, kind of like last week where, you know, Mahomes slides his way down to the one and, and calls it game. I think that's probably where it is. Relatively comfortable for the Chiefs, but maybe a little bit of, of sweat in the fourth quarter because uh, I think that's what this Vikings team is built to do. The real thing here is, though, this week Chiefs, next week Bears, so it lightens up, and then you come back to the 49ers. If this season is going to carry on, the Vikings have to win against the Chiefs or against the 49ers. Both of those games are on your home field. You need to win two of the next three, and that requires beating one of the two teams that is favored by by more than five points against you. So that's a tricky spot to be in. And right now, I think the Chiefs are the more vulnerable team. So if you want to press on, this is a this is a big momentum builder because then all of a sudden you could be three and three heading into a Monday night football game against the Niners with a whole bunch of momentum. So I think it's a pretty pivotal spot for the Vikings. The opportunity is there, but we are talking about playing against Patrick Mahomes, the greatest football player who I think has ever lived uh, in his early part of his prime. And I'm just never going to bet on Kirk Cousins to win that football game against that dude, because for all of the things that Kirk does well, Mahomes does those same things well, but then adds on top of it that he's a wizard uh, and a freak and all of the things that he is. So, um, yeah, I'll take I'll take the Chiefs minus four, but I would take the Vikings if it was seven and a half or less down to that window. So it should be a fun game. You know, yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what the line would be if Taylor was actually in attendance for this one. Um, but uh, no, no Taylor in the building. That, that's that's that means you have a shot. You've got a shot actually. She was in the building game. not too long ago. Oh, maybe that maybe the aura is still there. Who knows? Returns. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, as, yeah, no. as someone who's played Taylor's team, it is a little scary when <laughs> Kelsey's going down the middle of the field and you know he's trying to impress Taylor Swift. And I'm just like, God, he's gonna go jump over somebody. Like so, it's 
it's better to have her not there. Yeah, I, I don't think she's going to be there as, as great as Minneapolis is this time of year. Yeah, I think she's uh, I think she's starting her South American uh, like tour, starting to go global. So I think Taylor's going to be out of our lives. Well, she's never fully out of our lives, seeing as how the who I decided how we I guess Grant who we decided to marry. They're never fully out of our lives. But uh, anyways, as far as the game, um, I like the Chiefs in a big way here. I just think like. I think they're going to be a little pissed off by like this narrative that they like let Zach Wilson be a good quarterback for a day and they can just kind of let him hang around. And I feel like we've seen the chiefs do this where it's like, mm, they kind of let like a lesser team just kind of hang here in the regular season. And then there's like this narrative that like they're slipping or, or they're not as good as they think they are like all that stuff. And I, I just think it's, I think they're just going to blow them up, honestly. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to be taking the Chiefs at minus four. Um, I think Chris Jones is going to get it, or one of the defensive linemen is going to get a strip sack on Kirk because that's what we've been seeing all year. I think this is where those turnovers could really turn the game ugly for the Vikings. Um, and then, you know, we've been talking about how this Vikings offense, this outside of Justin Jefferson being a god, like, hasn't really put up a lot of points and if we're going to talk shootout against the chiefs like we're going to need to put up more points obviously so um i like the i just like the chiefs at, at as a four point favorite going in there i know that the crowd is going to be hyped because it's the chiefs and everyone wants to see them but i think they put the vikings away here um i just think in the stretched grant that you were talking about um this is where when i was looking at the vikings year i was like I don't see a playoff team because this is too difficult. Like this is like too too many great teams in a row that you're stacking. Um, and I just think that the Vikings are the lesser team in those situations. Um, I guess the one benefit being the Bengals later on the year, we'll see what they are. But um, this is not one of the games that I believe the Vikings can pull off. I think Kirk's going to crumble. Um, and I just think it's I think it's Chiefs by two two possessions plus the vikings aren't contractually allowed to play a game that's decided by more than two by more than one score so i think that's a bold prediction tom but no i think i think the logic is pretty sound there and there's a lot of discussion about the turnovers obviously because anytime you're turning the ball over at a league high rate there's questions about what's going on is this sustainable is this just bad luck and to some degree a couple of those fumbles are bad luck but a lot of this stuff is pretty repeatable. The fact that Kirk Cousins can't see a rusher coming from the interior and he just drops the ball every time he gets hit by somebody who beats a guard, that's repeatable. It's going to keep happening. If he throws the ball up in the air when he gets pressured on the interior, that's going to keep happening. A lot of these turnovers, I think, are things that will continue to unfold. Maybe some of the fumble bounces go the right way. But these Cousins interceptions are not going away. And uh, it's, a, it's a huge issue because if you give Patrick Mahomes the ball extra times, you're in trouble. Yeah, no, Tom, I think I think your point about how the Chiefs are probably annoyed about the narrative that they stunk it up against the the Jets, sort of. Uh, I think we also kind of forget that the Jets have a very nasty defense um, and they're they're probably they're probably just going to go into this smelling blood in the water. And they're, they're just going to Andy Reid's going to dial up some 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 diabolical stuff, I think. Uh, if, if the Vikings have a shot, Addison's going to need to be doing some major things. Hawks, I mean, be able to do some major things. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the Chiefs are going to take this one. Um, but I, I do hope points will be scored. And once again, I, this, this, this is going to be one of those where it's just 
like you like you said, Grant, it's going to backdoor into a one score game. If they're somehow going to find a way to just do it, and I can't wait to see it. It's also, it's a great uniform yeah. matchup. Great uniform matchup. Classic. Great point. Great point. Oh, it's going to look great it, on TV. Rematch of Super Bowl four. Aesthetically pleasing for sure. I, I think you guys are absolutely right. This is a bad time to play the Chiefs. Like they're mad, they're hungry. You never want to play Mahomes after he played a bad game because he don't play two bad games in a row. So, yeah, I think uh, a little too many offensive weapons on this uh, Chiefs offense that Vikings defense won't be able to keep up with. I would be interested to see if they start to really push uh, the run game a little bit more. And you know, I know Kirk kind of puts pressure on himself, but. Um, if they can get the run game going a little bit and maybe not have to make so many throws in so many spaces in the game, then um, I think you might see a little bit better of a Kirk. But yeah, if the Chiefs get up to an early lead and Kirk's got to throw the ball all over the place like he does, um, I think it screams backdoor one score game for sure. All right. And uh, and I guess from this note, we'll go we'll go on to the, the Lions and the Panthers game. Um, so Detroit at home against the 0-4 Panthers. Nine and a half point favorites. Um, I I think Detroit's just going to roll in this one. Um, there's a little bit of a revenge factor from last year because when you know when the Lions were kind of going on their their run to kind of climb back in the playoffs, they laid an egg in Carolina. They got ran all over. Um, but this is a different Carolina team. Uh, they're one of the worst rushing offenses in the league. You have Bryce Young uh, behind behind center that has been struggling to say the least um, against an offensive line that has been uh, more than questionable. Um, you know, and you're playing two wide receivers that you're familiar with DJ shark, who obviously was on the lions last year, Adam Thielen, who you've had plenty of matchups with, who doesn't look like the quite the same guy as he was in his Minnesota days. Um, also, it's one of the worst rush defenses in the league, and the Lions, you know, their primary game plan is to run the ball. Um, I think my my bold prediction for this one is this is the game officially that Jameer Gibbs is going to pop. Um, now, David Montgomery still might touchdown vulture him. That's always on the table. But I think that Jameer is going to pop in this one, and he's going to go for, like, over – let's just go over 100 yards from scrimmage. Um I mean, 120, let's go a little bolder, 120 yards from scrimmage for Jameer Gibbs in this one. I just think they're just going to dictate the tempo the whole way. Um, I don't know if J.C. Horn is in. I know that he was hurt early in the early in the year, but there's just nothing about this Panthers defense that scares me at all. Um, we'll get Jamison Williams back um, for this game. I would advise uh, fantasy owners who maybe picked up Jamison Williams or have been stashing him to keep him on the bench. I, I don't think it was a bad move to pick him up necessarily, but I would keep him on the bench because I think he's going to have some pretty limited snaps. And the one thing that Dan Campbell said in his press conference about Jameson Williams was like, he just wants dependability from him. He doesn't necessarily want touchdowns. He doesn't necessarily want a bunch of catches. He just wants dependability. So that to me says that Dan is just like, just make sure you're lined up in the right spot. Make sure you're running your routes at 100%, like, and just doing, getting to the depth that you need to get to. Um, so to me, I think Jamison Williams is going to be on a lot of clear routes, like those kinds of routes to get Amon Ra and, um, you know, Josh Reynolds and Sam Laporta more open. Um, or he'll be on those, like, alert routes, right? So now if there's a broken coverage or something like that, 
and Goff sees him running deep, he slings the ball to him. So I think that if Jamison Williams is going to get a touchdown in this game, it will be something like a, a, a bomb. Like it'll be like a like a 40 plus yard kind of broken coverage play similar to the one that he grabbed against the Vikings in his um, in his first game. But I don't expect a lot from Jamison Williams in this one. Uh, actually, the one that the one addition that I'm more intrigued about is that we are getting Emmanuel Mosley back for this game, who is the free agent corner that we signed from San Francisco last year. He's been out with an ACL tear that he's been rehabbing. But he actually got a hamstring um, issue uh, kind of earlier in the year. So he's came off the pup list and um, he is going to be activated. It's going to be interesting to see how they play him because I believe that he's the more talented cornerback than Jerry Jacobs. That's part of the reason why they signed him to the money in the contract. Um, but Jerry Jacobs has been having a bit of a weird season. Obviously he had a good game last game against the, the Packers, but he is the one who's been getting picked on in the secondary. So that's going to be the biggest, I know, I guess matchup between the snaps of Jerry Jacobs and Emmanuel Mosley that I want to see. Um, because if Emmanuel Mosley turns out to be as good as we're paying him, I mean, Cam Sutton's been really good on the other side, um, has not let up anything um, that could really solidify the defense. I think Brian Branch is going to play, so that's good. Um, we might have our full offensive line again. I think Vitae is going to be back at right guard, so we'll have our, our full starting five for the second time this season, which, again, leads me to believe that we're just going to be able to do anything offensively. And like the Lions at nine and a half, I think they're going to step on them um, and just kind of keep this keep this train moving forward. Yeah, uh, I think the Panthers are in for a very very rough game. Uh, we 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 know that the Panthers' offensive line is not that great, and they're about to experience something that is going to be ferocious. Aiden Hutchinson might have multiple sacks this game. It's going to be. I think it's going to be a slaughter in the trenches, honestly. Um, I I picked up Jamison Williams for fantasy. Uh, I, I think if he is going to be any kind of use uh, for, for a fantasy perspective, it might be like how Christian Watson was last year when he came back kind of midseason, just like a couple of those big pop plays like you were talking about, Tom. Uh, I, I'll take I'll take your 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 comments into consideration. I might might bench him. But, yeah, no, I think I think the Lions are going to comfortably win this one. I, I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah, I echo what Riley said here. First off, this is the most confident that I can ever remember being about a Lions victory heading into a game. Like literally in my entire life. I'm sure that there are games somewhere along the way where they've been more heavily favored. But I feel so strongly that the Lions are going to come in and clean up in this game. Partly because they're just going to annihilate the Panthers in the trenches. It's going to be a type of football that Dan Campbell wants to build. We watched the Vikings defensive line, which is mediocre tear up the Panthers last week. They abused them. I mean, DJ Wanham had his career game. DJ Wanham would not make the Lions practice squad. He would not be rostered for the Detroit Lions. This this defensive line is going to cook in a way we cannot believe. I think nine and a half is a very reasonable line, and that's a lot of points in the NFL. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it gets to 10 before Sunday. I think that this is such a clean, clear-cut victory. I've got it like number two in my confidence pool this week. I think you're going to have an absolute blast watching football this Sunday, Tom. I think you should be less anxious than you've ever been, and you should just kick back and relax and enjoy a new era of Lions football. It's a it's a new dawn in Detroit, and uh, I'm going to be popping out of here pretty quick, too. So I just want to add in what we're talking about, some Lions that are out there. Freaking, I cannot believe the Packers are a one-point favorite, or a one point, only a one-point favorite against them. That is one of the craziest lines I have ever seen. 
in my life. So I feel very, very confident about the, where the Lions and Packers are heading into this week. But yeah, I just sit back, relax. You should be running up the score. The Lions are number three in DVOA right now. The Panthers are a joke of a football team. This is going to be a feast. Yeah, I don't think that the Lions would even have to throw the ball like once to win this game. I think that Dan Campbell could definitely run Montgomery like 40 times and there's still room for Gibbs to get 100 yards on the day. Um, I do think this is going to be a game, like you said, that Gibbs could be featured a little bit more because I think you guys will have a big lead by halftime. Um, I don't think there's really anybody on this Panthers offense, maybe other than Thielen that's playing well right now. And that offensive line is not set up to block somebody like Aiden Hutchinson, who is going to go for that weak spot. Um, yeah, I think it'll be an easy day. I think it'll be a big rushing attack by the Lions. And um, I don't think Bryce Young is going to enjoy Ford Field at 1 p.m. on a like Sunday. I think it's just going to be a tough atmosphere. I don't think they're going to be able to get anything going. Um, they could be taken out golf by like the fourth quarter, honestly. And honestly, 10-point favorites, I can't remember the Lions being favored this heavily. Like I think that their lines are starting to reflect the type of team that they're becoming, and maybe there's a little bit more respect on their name in Vegas right now. Also, I don't ten, think we're I don't think we're going to see the the letdown of like after you beat the Chiefs, right? Come back Ford Field. We thought it was going to be no shot of them losing that game. I think you're not going to see this because you had that win at Lambeau. The the fans know, okay, this team is actually actually legit, and it's the environment's going to be sublime. Yeah, John, I, I like I like the I, the idea. Wouldn't wouldn't it be Teddy Bridgewater who comes on if they get to bench Goff? It's a Teddy Bridgewater revenge game. Yeah, yeah All right, that's that a good bonus pick. Right. Could get, give it another 10, 10 to 14 points just for Teddy coming in and slinging it against his old team. I, I would love to see that. Uh, I guess one final comment. That was a good point, uh, John, on the crowd and Riley. Um, there's going to be a lot of penalties, man. I think it's this, this crowd just is going to continue to build and build and build. There's going to be, and again, it's a rookie quarterback under center, uh, again, who has looked frazzled in the past. I think there's going to be, a ton of delay games, false starts, the whole deal, and they're just going to be moving backwards um, for a lot of it. So, yeah, I'm feeling good. I mean, hopefully that doesn't come back to bite me. It is still the NFL, and you got to play um, against everyone. But I, I, I echo you, Grant, the fact that I am obviously feeling pretty comfortable and hopefully should not be sweating this out. But um, I guess going into uh, the Monday night game, final week for the final game for us uh, this week, Packers at Raiders, uh, Packers one point favorites. Like Grant said, a little, little odd. If some people are thinking that, uh, Riley, what are, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, I think the viewing public, it, it was so shocked by that first half. They, they now are trying to recalibrate in their minds where the Packers might potentially be, or at least that's what, what Vegas, uh, lines makers might be thinking, um, heading into this injury wise, uh, the own uh, Campbell did not practice today, uh, and so did uh, John Runyon Jr. He did not practice today. So what that means is we're probably most likely going to, if if the results hold until until Monday, probably still going to say um, uh, Isaiah McDuffie at the other middle linebacker spot. And if Runyon can't go, it's going to be interesting because Jenkins was back practicing today. Jair was back practicing today. Musgrave 
practice. He's, I believe, now out of a concussion protocol. And coming back from the PUP is Eric Stokes. Now, we haven't seen Eric Stokes, I believe, since the game at Detroit last year. Uh, he was on track. It, reports are now that he was on track to to go into camp. And of course, surprise, surprise, he uh, had a hamstring injury that that limited him. So that's why they put him on the PUP. So Eric Stokes is going to be coming back in his secondary. And it's going to be interesting if Jair is back, because now we don't know. Does that mean Keyshawn Nixon isn't your your nickel corner anymore? Do we move like Rasul to safe? Do we move around? It's going to be interesting to see how they navigate that. But back to the offensive line with John Runyon Jr. If he can't go and Jenkins is back, I you. I think you just have to put Sean Ryan in that spot because we need to see what we have out of Sean Ryan. And I've already said on this pod multiple times how bad Royce Newman is. And I, it, this is the perfect chance to see what you kind of have in Sean Ryan specifically. And doubling down on that, the Raiders defensive line is not that great outside of Max Crosby. So this is your shot to really kind of establish a guy that you don't really know that much about and do what you want to do, which is run the ball. And I'm going to get into that right now because it seems that Aaron Jones uh, was also uh, back at practice uh, or at least doing some kind of like limited reps. So if you're going to run the ball against any team, this is the team to do it against. And if you can't run it against the Raiders, then we have a major, major, major problem in the fact that we're not going to be able to run the ball against anyone. Um, so I expect the offense to really try to commit to running the ball in this particular game, which then in turn should be able to set up a lot of the play action deep ball stuff, especially if Christian Watson is also able to go under full percent, no pitch count in terms of snaps. Uh, so that's that's the main thing on offense. I'm going to be looking forward to like seeing if they actually adjust. And then on the defensive side of the ball. Joe Barry, you got to you cannot let this Raiders team run the ball on you. you he, he he went into the press conference this past week of like, we're going to do a self scout. We got to adjust and make some schematic things. You know, it's, it's called put a in the box and try to make, try to make uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. Who, who even is quarterback right now for the Raiders? Is it still Jimmy G or did he get hurt? Jimmy G is looking to clear concussion protocol, which I think it's expected to be, but if he's not able to go, it's Aiden O'Connell, the rookie from Purdue. Okay. Yeah. So, Put 10 in the box and just try to let him just throw it on you. And the only guy, you know, the only guy he's going to be basically throwing to is Devontae Adams. So if you can't, if you can't stop the run and you can't run the ball against this Raiders team, then all hope could potentially be lost in terms of the, the, the scheme and the, the attitude of this team. Uh, in terms of the line minus one, uh, I will be taking that. Uh, I think the Packers are a better team. I don't think it's it's close. Um, I am if if this is if they aren't able to do what I want them to do, then I'm going to be nervous. Uh, but I think ultimately we're going to clear that that one point favorite. Um, and yeah, I think I think we're going to be able to do what we wanted to do originally, especially for this game, because it seems we're going to be as healthy as we've been all year with the important guys. So that's 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 how I'm looking at it. Yeah, um, this was a tricky one for me. I know that Grant's very confident in, in the Packers, and I think he should be, and I do think the Packers will wind up winning this game. The only thing that makes me nervous if I was a Packers fan is that the Raiders might have the three best players on the field between Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, and Josh Jacobs. 
obviously we talked a lot last week and just throughout the Joe Barry tenure of the Packers of, I guess, lack of ability to stop the run and you're going up against last year's NFL rushing leader. So um, that that could cause a problem. There's also a little bit, I'm sure that Devontae is going to be coming in here with a little little bit of heat to try to get back at the, at the Packers a little bit. Um, I do think that Jimmy G is going to be able to go in this one. So I have a little bit more confident, obviously, in him than I do in Aiden O'Connell. Um, I, I just have this feeling, I think it's going to be close. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be, I mean, if it's a one point spread, right, you might as well go money line on, on either one of them. But so I, I do think the Packers are going to win. But I think, Riley, this is going to be like a little bit more stressful than you would probably like, even though I don't think this Raiders team is great. I just think this is this is going to be like a true bounce back, I think, for both sides of the balls for the Packers, um, because this is, you know, like kind of was saying going in the Lions game, you're kind of starting to stack some questionable things on the offense where it just hasn't been clicking as much. I like that Christian Watson's back and Romeo Dobbs is looking solid. There's like pieces. There's just glimmers of stuff that everything's been working well together. Um, but this let's just not stack four. You know, like let's I would much rather I'd be way more confident the Packers coming in there uh, moving forward if Jordan Love can just light them up. Um, but again, you do have Max Crosby on here who's probably like, I don't know, like the third best edge rushers but probably nick bosa tj watt and then him like in the nfl and that could just cause a problem no matter who your right tackle is um even though zach thomas is pretty solid over there um I, you know i just think there's a little bit of fear there i want to see um i just want to see like a full complete jordan love game that is not against the chicago bears um and i think he can do that um but yeah my only problem is, is like what if josh jacobs just runs all of this team they keep the possessions low, which means it's going to be a tight game. Um, and all of a sudden, we're sweating this out in the fourth quarter. So I, I'm i actually not going to pick spread or money line on this one, but I will take – I'm going to take the the over on the on the points, which is at 44 and a half, just because I, even though the Raiders' offense hasn't been great, I think the Packers are going to put up enough there. And between some of the holes in the Packers' defense that we've seen, I think the Raiders can get enough points there to get over that 44 and a half mark. Um, but I think it's going to be sweaty. That's all I'm saying. And, and to, to kind of piggyback on that just a little bit, it, it's imp- if the Raiders are able to run the ball, it is imperative that the Packers get off to a faster start than they have the whole year. Because if you look at it, Jordan Love is low key, like one of the best third quarterback, third quarter quarterbacks in the league. It's actually ridiculous when you look at the the stat breakdown per quarter. Uh, so that's, that's the main thing. If the Packers are slow, they have to be able to stop the run, but if they can't stop the run, they have to be able to start fast. So if they can't do that, if then it's a, it's a perfect storm of shit <laughs> pretty much. Riley, I would like to know what your feelings are seeing Devontae Adams on the field against the Packers. You know, I uh, it's I, I don't know what I'm really ready to to I don't know how my body is going to react seeing it because I mean, had he signed that extension uh, with the Packers, he would have been an all-time Packer. He would have been my next jersey purchase. I still love Devontae. I still think he's easily the best wide receiver I've ever seen. He rivals Sterling in terms of if you ask any, you know, middle-aged Packer fan, like Sterling Sharp is still like the guy, but like Devontae, I think is right up there with him. You look at the stats 
year by year for the Packers, like over a seven year span. It's it's pretty damn close. Uh, but yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to, to watch because I still love him. But uh, unfortunately, this is one of those things where you, we just we have to beat him. So, yeah, hopefully he gets his. But we still come with a W. That's that's basically what, what my thoughts are. Yeah, I do have him getting his in a bonus pick of an anytime touchdown for Devontae Adams. But I like that. Um, I do think that love will be able to work this deep or bring this offense. Um, I think that love will definitely play well against this Raiders defense. I think that Romeo Dobbs is going to kind of see Devontae Adams on the other side of the field and and start trying to get in his bag a little bit. I think him and love have built up a pretty good connection. I'm hoping that they can run the ball more with Aaron Jones and kind of get him back in the mix after um, being injured. But, yeah, um, we'll see what happens with Jimmy G. I think it's a different game if he plays um, a lot sweatier. But if uh, if he doesn't play, I think that the Packers do defense do just enough to uh, mess with the rookie quarterback to kind of hold this game off for long enough for Love to go win it. All right. Yeah, no, that's uh... – I think that's all good unless anyone has anything else to add on but that will wrap it up for the uh the week five preview uh i guess we're a quarter of the way through the season so i wanted to look up how we were doing well we gotta do our picks for this week i should say and then we'll take a look at how um our picks have gone through uh, a quarter of the season um so let me just pull mine up here real quick so my locks of the week are going to be uh so packers raiders over 44 and a half for the game I'm going to get Chiefs minus four. Again, I'm really tempted to take that over as well. I think I'm going to stay away from it, though. Chiefs Chiefs minus four. I'll take the Lions minus nine and a half. And I will take – I'm going to take the Bears-Washington over 44 and a half as well. So I'm going to have a little action on each each game. It's going to be mine. Tom, I'll venture where you, where you didn't want to. I'm going to take that Chiefs-Vikings over 53. I want to see – I want to see some points. Um, I think my mortal mortal lock is lines minus nine and a half. Uh, I'm going to take Washington minus five and a half and I will take the Packers minus one as well. So I got action on all, all, all the games as well. I also have action on all the games. Let's um, go. I will take that shootout. I'm excited to sit back and watch that, uh, Chiefs Minnesota shootout. I think, uh, Vikings down 20 in the third quarter and Kirk's going to be just Aaron, get out to Jefferson, but I also have the Packers minus one. Um, I have Detroit minus nine and a half. And I have the Chicago Washington under 44 and a half. I do think that that defensive line of the commanders is going to give fields and more specifically our offensive line um, fits all day. Even if they win 30 to 10, I think that's a little bit more than I'm expecting from the uh, commander's offense. All right, um, and then we'll get we'll get Grant's picks. Uh, we will tweet out our picks for this week. Uh, but I guess John, if you have the spreadsheet in front of you, how um, how is everyone doing? I guess at the quarter mark of the season. So right now, Grant has made the most picks with thirteen, followed by Tom with ten, and I have ten, and Riley has eight. So I've noticed Riley was doing a lot of uh, two pick weeks. Um, but Grant is leading us. He has hit seven out of 13 for 54 percent. Tom, you've hit five out of 10 for 50 percent. Um, I am at four out of 10 for 40 percent. And Riley, you're at four out of eight for 50 percent. So 
Okay, yeah, actually, not awesome. all, all in all, not bad. But we we can pick that up a little bit. We got. I think we should start to try to get into like the sixty percent range, sixty five percent range. Hopefully, you know, first quarter of the season. It's so like you just needed to see kind of how you know how things went out throughout the league. Now we get a real, real, real look at who actual teams are and, and, and a better, better judge of, better judge of character. So yeah, if you're looking for killers, um, our over under picks have not been very good. Um, that seems to be where we're losing a lot, and our money line picks have been good. Okay. okay. Brett's kind of in the middle. All right, that's interesting. All right, so we're picking the game. We're picking the game results, I guess, correct. It's not not the totals. All right. And I do have um, the slot for bonus picks. So you ever have any of those bonus picks? I was going to bonus pick Adam Thielen, um, scoring an anytime touchdown against the Panthers. I'm glad I didn't or forgot to because he didn't, but. Well, you got that's the you got the, you, as well. So you got De, you got Devonte anytime touchdown this week. Yeah, you know, officially oh, yeah. put that in there. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that is in. I have also David Montgomery anytime touchdowns in both Bears games. So don't mm. let me forget those either. You could probably put David Montgomery anytime touchdown every week of the season. Yeah. You said last week, John. <laughs> like I think Dan Campbell is just addicted to him. He might break Jamal Williams' uh, single season rushing touchdown. Uh, record for a season that he just broke Barry's last year. David Dave Montgomery is going to have like 22 touchdowns. It's going to be like a throwback. To the Seriously, dude. Yeah, he is. He just never gets tired of watching David Montgomery's legs churn. You know what? Guy. Throw me in for a bonus pick. Aiden Hutchinson anytime sack. There you go. If that's if that if you can if you can even do that on Sundays. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that will do it for our week five preview podcast. Thank you again to everyone who is listening. Uh, please subscribe, rate it, um, tell your friends about it. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we will be back, um, well, I guess probably Tuesday. Uh, I guess we'll record Monday night, possibly, or Tuesday night because we have the Packers on, on Monday night football. So it might be a little bit later when we get to our week five recap pod. Um, but anyways, just take a look at your feed uh, to see when that hits. But um, anyways, yeah, just thank you again. Uh, keep spreading the word. We appreciate it. Um, anything else, guys, before we go? It is actually Wednesday, not Thursday. That's right. <laughs> yep. Although this will hit, hit your feed on Thursday. So um, you know, it should be a nice little primer before this great Thursday night football matchup between yeah. the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears. Yeah, can't wait. National television. Riley, there's some good playoff baseball on right now. Let's sit back and relax, dude. Here's the thing. I was just mad that it was interrupting some potential <laughs> platinum Bears post game. You know, we'll 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 cheer for the Brew Crew. We're, hopefully they, uh, well, they can do okay. some things. Don't cheer for the Brewers. Though. That's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of gross. <laughs> All right, fellas, have a good night. Take care, Talk guys. to you later. All right. Night. Yeah.